Hi, and welcome to Filmmaker's Compass Podcast, a show where we talk about movies and, well, more movies. I'm D-Man, joined by CP. CP, how are you doing? Hello. I'm doing great, man. Glad you're finally back on the show. It was a real yes. bummer last <laughs> week doing it by myself. Well, first of all, for anybody that's uh, listening but not watching, CP, you have apparently gotten very festive for this episode. He is wearing a Santa hat and red shirt, so he looks very much like Santa Claus in his 30s. oh you look great man well anyway uh i did want to start off the show just by giving you know it was thanksgiving weekend but giving a big thanks to you for holding down the fort i thought you did an impressive job d man and here's the thing dude podcasting by yourself is harder than you would think because you literally have to carry a conversation without really much of a break anywhere it takes a little bit more, I think, effort once you get into it than you realize because it's hard. Oh, no, I did not expect it to be that difficult. I mean, I know on some of the other shows you've done, you've done it yourself, but I was totally caught off guard. I was not realizing how difficult it was to have a conversation with yourself. Harder than it looks slash sounds. <laughs> but anyway, on that note, I hope you had a, a fantastic holiday weekend, four day, four day weekend for Thanksgiving. Uh I, I maybe it's not movie related, but did you do anything fun? Did you have a good time? I put up my Christmas lights. Oh, you always have the best Christmas lights Dude, too. Christmas lights are the best. I'm fortunate enough to get, you know, to go the inside view of CP's house. You know, he's not going to uh, probably share that all with us, but you do have some amazing decorations. Your house always looks fantastic. So I'm doing how, can, many, man. how many, how many bins, how many boxes do you have of stuff? That's classified. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well. For me, shout out to all my uh, Notre Dame fans out there. I actually went to Notre Dame USC here at the Coliseum in Los Angeles. Had a great time, minus the Irish losing. They put up a pretty good fight. It was an entertaining game. You know, I don't know that Notre Dame ever truly got within striking distance where USC was worried, but I had a good time. My wife is a USC fan, so she got a little bit of payback for last season. We went to South Bend and Notre Dame won. So we're one and one in live action (laughs) games. So I'm going to go ahead and jump into uh, some shout outs. Just pulling up some stuff. Jazzy the Great messaged us, said, you guys are the best. Thanks for letting all of us listen in to you to geek out about movies. And then actually shared with us a very lovely ornament that says FCP on it, which was incredible. So I thought that was great. Thank you so much. And then uh, she also went ahead and said, have a nice Thanksgiving, Dustin, but not. (laughs) Wow. Okay. So does everyone who listens to this show just hate me? Is that that what we're getting at here? (laughs) So I don't know. Yeah. Carl Prush, is it Prushmeyer? Is that how you say his name? Prushmeyer. He actually shared with us Thanksgiving at the Prushmeyer household, which was chicken and waffles. Looked pretty delicious. So. Oh, I love chicken and waffles. Oh, I know. Me too. So, and then Brad Banaka just commented on your solo episode and said, awesome. So, which it was. Shout out, Brad. Thanks, man. Appreciate you tuning in and listening. Hope you had a great Thanksgiving. And then I just want to give a big shout out to, you know, all the people who uh, made Thanksgiving great, slaving away in the kitchens and, you know, deep frying turkeys. And it's kind of dangerous. (laughs) Yeah, it is. It's a little bit more dangerous than uh, I think in years past. Sure. You had to thaw a turkey and cook it for two days, but I mean, it was fine. This deep frying stuff. I see so many videos of people with their deep fryers catching on fire and all this crazy shit. Be careful out there. (laughs) So anyway, uh, did you have any additional shout outs? Are we good to go? I do D man. I have one gigantic shout out. All right. My hair. Oh my God. There's no way. 
So wait, did we both get haircuts? It's all gone. <laughs> 13 inches worth. So shout out to Locks of Love or Pantene or whoever the heck I am donating it to, but you got 13 inches of hair. Well, what happened? What made you make the decision to cut the hair? Because I know, obviously, that's a pandemic bun. Well, I was like, you know, I told you I was going to grow it out and donate it. I figured I got a couple of Thor costumes out of it. It was time for a change. So this is a uh, brand new CP and not quite a new year, but you know, a little early. Just being it a little looks bit good. more on the ball this year than previous years. So no, it looks pretty good. There we You're go. Returning, returning to your old, your old looks. Pretty sweet. Old looks and old locks. <laughs> nice to have a, what would that be? Like 2013 CP back? <laughs> <laughs> sure. Something like that. Yeah. All right. Well, it looks great, man. Um, that'll take us into our... Uh, first topic for this week's podcast, which is actually going to be a little bit about streaming versus theatrical releases. So this weekend for the holiday weekend, Disney put out Strange World. Now, I don't know, listeners, if you guys have seen the trailer for this movie, but in essence, it's a Disney animated feature and it's, you know, Strange World. They go to uh, different planets and it's an adventure film. I have not seen it. So I'm not actually going to spoil anything nor pretend that I know if the movie is actually any good or whatever. But what I am interested in in this discussion around streaming versus theatrical releases is the movie itself bombed at the box office. I think over the uh, four day holiday take, it made roughly, I, I think combined, it was like 28 million for the, the strict weekend. It was like 18 million, not great. Oh, right. Wow. For like a long weekend. They said this was Disney's worst animated release since treasure planet. You got to go pretty far back for that one. Yeah, and back in the day. yeah, it did not do well. And there's a lot of reasons that, you know, I think we've even talked on this podcast before about like Lightyear and Pixar and all this stuff that again, I haven't seen the movie. So it's a little hard for me to comment on what exactly went wrong here. I'm sure D Disney's spending more than I make in a year to figure it out too. And <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, if you guys want to hire, let me know. I am interested in, you know, okay. So like another movie that released this week was the new Knives Out, The Glass Onion. And that got a one week theatrical release window and then it's going straight to netflix where anybody with a netflix account can watch it you don't have to rent it or anything like that i, I don't know i'm curious you know what your thoughts are in this whole kind of streaming versus theatrical window because obviously during the pandemic uh we had some pixar movies go straight to disney plus and then after the pandemic something like hocus pocus 2 went straight to disney plus that never got a theatrical window by all accounts hocus pocus 2 did really well numbers wise now would it have made more if it ever went to theaters who knows maybe but i'm curious do you think with with streaming and they said okay this is important strange world will come to disney plus around christmas now do you think that is actually like holding people back from going to the movie theater because they know it's just going to show up on Disney Plus eventually and they're just going to watch it there. I mean, what are your thoughts? Like, I, I don't know. I'm curious because I know, CP, you specifically agree with me on this. I love the theater experience. I love going. So well, what do you think is go going on? First of all, like, that's like 19 questions at once you just asked me. I think Strange World's kind of a weird concept to begin with because, honestly, I had no idea the movie was even coming out. I looked at, you know, what was in the box office this weekend to see what I was going to go see. And I came across this movie strange world that i had never even heard of so like shame on you disney for doing such a bad job of marketing your own freaking movie and i don't know if that's because it was kind of on the back you know piggybacking off of the you know black panther 2 release like mm -hmm. a week and a half prior it's kind of a bad example because if no one knows that your movie's coming to the theater why are you even putting it in the theater 
Um, sure. And I mean, that's, sure, that's maybe, a good point. maybe people were waiting for it theatrically, but I also know that some of those kind of pandemic releases, people still went to see it in the theater, even though they knew it would be coming to Disney+. Plus. Yeah, so, and it doesn't appear that it's it's limited a lot of other movies, right? Black Panther just did great. And we know yep. that's going to end up on Disney Plus too. I mean, maybe the failure of Strange World extends in a lot of different ways because I, I did go to Rotten Tomatoes. It got decent reviews, but the audience polling, I think, was somewhere around like a B minus. So, oh, wow. I mean, people weren't leaving uh, really thrilled with it. So there is that. I also think, you know, the movie in a weird way, if you see it, it does, maybe it only kind of appeals to like kids. You've got to do a good job of getting the parents and the families to want to go see a movie together. I don't know that this appealed to a broad enough audience. I mean, honestly, this is like you said, this is kind of the the Disney, you know, catch all is I can't even honestly tell you what the movie is about. It's just like an adventure in space. But like, I don't really know. And I've seen a trailer for it. Like, I'm not sure. So that's not good. It's just weird when you think that, um, you know, a lot of the other animated movies coming out of Disney, the hype machine is behind it and people know what you're getting into and people are excited for it for, for months and months in advance. And you have an idea of what the story is based on the trailers they cut and post everywhere. The fact that you watch the trailer and don't know what it is, is is really more of a marketing failure, I think, than it has anything to do with the fact that this is coming out on the streaming soon. Now, I do think that the streaming thing does cut into the box office of some movies when people are like, hey, I'm going to have HBO Max. It's going to be there in, in three weeks. Like, what's the point of rushing out? Or especially when you think about during pandemic, you know, last year when they were doing same day releases, when you could see the Batman on HBO right, Max yeah. or you could see the Batman in the theater, you're like, why do I need to go pay 14 bucks to go watch the Batman when I have it for free and I don't have to leave my bed. Well, and I think, you know, as far as adults are concerned, you know, part of the problem, and this is the marketing associated with the movie now is that it's basically considered a bomb. It's a bust now. Have you wrecked its chances on streaming because people already associated as like it bombed? Yeah. You know what I mean? That's a good point. Because that that's something then that you have to try to overcome is, you know, now people it's, you know, how do you get an excited marketing campaign around it coming to Disney plus when you're like, come, come see the, you know, movie that audiences fell in love with. And you're like, I don't know, it got a B minus and didn't make any money. <laughs> yeah. Right. You're like, wow, what a, what a great, uh, I'm so excited to go see that one, a mediocre film that nobody liked. Well, and then there's the fact too, that I know a lot of the artists particularly, you know, were nervous when Disney plus came out that a lot of the animated features for uh, Pixar and the Disney Walt Disney Studios animation would go straight to Disney Plus. And that was something that the artists themselves were kind of, they wanted the same fanfare those type of movies have gotten in the past, but they got to perform, you know? Now we're looking at Lightyear and Strange World not performing in theaters. I mean, my thought on the matter is this. As you said, there's only so many movies you can release in a theater. There's only so many weeks in a year. Mm-hmm. That box office is, is is really kind of set aside for the sure bets and they make their money back. Maybe what Disney needs to be doing is creating more fanfare around 
Disney Plus events, kind of like if we talked about it a couple of weeks ago, the release of of the live action Pinocchio on Disney mm-hmm. Plus, right? They were really building to like, hey, it's coming out on this day at this time. Or recently, obviously, this wasn't a film. But when you think about the Elton John concert from oh, Dodger yeah. Stadium, they did a really good job of promoting this. And part of it, it, it was a live event streamed on Disney Plus. But they're like, hey, this is it. Like, check it out. Watch it. It's a big deal. Be a part of it. And I think that they could take that similar hype machine and build fanfare around the premiere of specific films when either they're released on Disney Plus or if it's a straight to Disney Plus event. I mean, if you built up enough hype for it, I think people would say, hey, I'm going to stay in tonight and watch this movie when it when it airs live on Disney Plus at 7 p.m. Pacific. Yes, I want to check it out. Well, because I think Netflix, you know, they've really led the they've led the uh, way here. But, you know, Netflix having new movies and new shows dropping, it has become kind of a cultural event, right? They've been able to kind of harness that. You know, people don't mistake uh, Netflix for, you know, I guess, direct to home video or the bargain bit. People hold it in high regard. It's like you said, it's the marketing around how exactly they present these things that could, you know, maybe make it work in a direct to streaming scenario. Yeah. So no, for sure. I don't know. I'll throw it to the listeners. Do you guys prefer movies to go through a theatrical run? Would you rather have them just come straight to streaming? Or do you like the model that we're following now, which is, you know, a shorter theatrical window and then eventually a streaming service drop? Because that's kind of the future. I guess we're working it out as we go, right? Well, and I mean, and, and granted, like, obviously, the reason why Netflix is putting it in the theater is they want the, you know, they want it to be considered for Oscar contention, mm-hmm. which is still the one caveat that if you want to get into the Oscars, you have to have a minimal theatrical run. However, at the same time, I do think it's great because some of these Netflix movies are really well, or not just Netflix, Amazon, you know, whatever. Uh, some of the streamers make really well, mo- like well-made films that you almost don't get to appreciate the film for all of the artistic beauty watching it on your television. Mm-hmm. Sure. Yeah. No, I mean, I think, you know, I'm, I love the experience of going to the theater and I know <clears throat> they're going to continue to make movies worthy of the theater, but you know, not every single one is like, I'm looking forward to like avatars coming out in January. Yeah. I think, yeah. you know, I'm hoping that's a, you know, theater worthy experience that I'm like, yo, CP, like I know you can, you know, even if they released it simultaneously on streaming, I'd be like, but go to the theater. You know, you want to see it there. So yeah, hopefully we do still get some of that. But speaking of streaming services, uh, and now that we're officially in the holiday season, I did want to ask you a little bit about any of the upcoming Christmas movies slated for release this year. Have you super excited? So I don't even know if you've heard of any of these, but we're going to do a quick rundown and just take a look at what's coming out. And if any of those, uh, you know, strike your fancy. All right, I'm excited. Let's do it. First movie coming out is A Christmas Story Christmas, which is a direct sequel to the 1980s classic A Christmas Story, which, again, uh, while we're talking about (laughs) theater versus home experience, did not do well in theaters and then gained a cult following like a decade later when they started playing it 24-7 on Christmas Day. Yeah. You know, life after the theater. They ended up making a sequel and they got the uh, actor who played Ralphie to come back right and he is actually starring now as kind of like the head of the family so i was really nervous because sometimes these things just they go wrong you try to do a sequel on a classic 
and especially one as old as a Christmas story, right? This isn't, you know, a modern look. You're like, no, can they pull that off? So that's one that I, I actually think would be really cool to check out. Yes, I have. So I can give you <laughs> a determination on that one. And it's pretty good. Uh, I don't know if it actually takes the cake over the original. I don't think so. There's just so many iconic moments from A Christmas Story. The leg lamp, the Bumpus's dogs, the bullies, you know, yeah. Ralphie uh, getting kicked in the head by Santa. And of course, the Red Rider BB gun. So the chance that this one would be able to top the original, you know, all of its nostalgia fest for, you know, your old fashioned Indiana Christmases. I don't know if it gets all the way there, but I actually thought they made a fairly worthy sequel. One that the story uh, it's, you know, kind of simple plot device, but essentially, you know, they, uh, they tell a story worthy of being told and then they kind of tie it together. So like, I thought they did a a pretty good job. So that's one I'm on my recommended list and you're going to check it out, right? Oh, of course I'm going to check it out. Now I've been hesitant to watch it just because I love the original Christmas story. I was not a fan of my summer story. I was not a fan of a Christmas story too. Yeah. There is another sequel, right? Which this one is ignoring basically just pretending that that never happened. Good. Okay. I mean, I'll give it a shot, but I did not have high hopes. So you saying what you did, I mean, makes me think maybe I'm not going to hate it as much as I'm expecting to. Yeah. I have a feeling that you're going into it just wanting to hate on it, but I think you're going to find there's a a few, few good laughs, some cool cameos, and they do a good job of of working it all together. I think it works fairly well. Cool. Cool. So next up is Spirited. So This movie, you probably have seen the marketing for because it's an Apple TV Plus original and it's got Will Ferrell and Ryan Reynolds starring in a kind of modern day spoof on Scrooge. And essentially, uh, it actually, I've I've watched this one as well. I did enjoy the film. But, you know, is it an instant classic the way something like Elf was? No, I do not think so. They have a couple good songs, though, that stood out. So it's, you know, Family Affair. I think you know, on Apple TV Plus, you can actually like stream some of the like songs as almost like YouTube videos or something. Oh, you know? wow. OK. But it has a few good laughs, uh, some, you know, some Christmas cheer. But, you know, it's kind of Will Smith and Ryan Reynolds doing Will Smith. You mean, and... you mean Will Ferrell? Yeah, sorry. Will Smith. Will Smith would be slapping people. Yeah. <laughs> Will Ferrell and Ryan Reynolds. Yes. Um, my apologies. Yeah, they, you know, it's kind of them doing themselves. It was like, hey, let's just get in a Christmas movie together. It's kind of what it felt like. But I enjoyed it. I mean, it's definitely worth a watch as one of the new movies. Because the thing is, every year, there's so many new movies that come out. You want to watch all your your holiday classics, your holiday staples, but you got to make room to check out at least, you know, one or two new ones. So I think it's it's probably not going to make the the classic list, but it was good. Okay, cool. So next up, we're going a totally different direction. Uh, Violent Night. Oh, dude, I'm so excited for this one. It looks awesome. Yeah, it looks... Uh, <laughs> it's like a horror movie for Christmas with comedy. Yeah, It's right. like a horror comedy, I think. You know, yeah. it's it's almost like what was a Bad Santa. Yeah, like yeah. Dark comedy. Yeah, I remember watching Bad Santa and I was like, what is this? And yet somehow it kind of got me. I was like, you know, I kind of... <laughs> Kind of like it. And I feel like that's what we're going to get here. So this is actually with, I think it's David Arbor. um, as We know him as Hopper. From Stranger Things, Hopper from Stranger Things. And he, uh, you know, I guess he's going to murder a whole bunch of 
Christmas themed enemies. Well, they seem like villains robbing houses. So go Santa. I'm team Santa on this. one. <laughs> I haven't seen that one yet, but I probably actually will get around to checking that out. It does look good. And it looks like the filmmakers to me, they know what it is and they had from doing it. Sometimes that's all you need. It's just somebody with confidence in the idea. Cause you know, sometimes you get these kind of like B, C level, you know, kind of crappy horror movies that just, you know, they get made and you're like, whatever. This one does seem like the filmmakers were like, hell yeah, this is going to be like the best Christmas movie. That's what I thought about. Um, it came out like two, two or three years ago. The movie Fat Man with Mel Gibson. I don't know if you saw it, but uh-uh. I was like, I was like, yes, someone just has an idea and they're just having fun with this. And it, I think it's a great movie. So I'm hoping Violent Night will be kind of in that vein. Sometimes I, that's what I look for is just that sense from the filmmakers did they have so much fun making this because if they did i'm probably gonna have fun watching it so next up is uh it's called the santa clauses so this is actually another sequel in the tim allen led santa claus franchise and i believe it's like a kind of like a mini series on disney plus so i haven't seen that yet i'll probably get around to watching it the original santa claus is on my list right as we were talking about with sequels and all of this uh santa clauses two and three do not make the cut i do not watch them every year well they're horrible i mean (laughs) they definitely don't capture the spirit of the original the same way so it looks a little bit more like a continuation of the sequels rather than the original so i'm not 100 percent sold on it but it is cool to see tim allen you know back as santa because i thought he always did a great job in the role but yeah i'm i'm worried you know it's going to fall in line more with the sequels than the original which is the one that still has my heart so if you have seen it let us know i'd be curious to know what you thought cp are you going to be giving this one a watch probably not there's just too much stuff to watch i don't know i i for one the series thing that's a big time commitment and two i don't have high hopes because as you said two and three really 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 sucked I mean, I'll watch them if they're like on I TV won't. or something. I will. No, I will. I'll still watch them, but I mean, no, I don't elect to watch them. <laughs> so there are a few other uh, movies that are coming out, you know, on like the Hallmark movies. I think every streaming platform is going to have a couple. Do you ever watch the Hallmark movies? Oh, dude, I watch them every year. Okay. I know they're very popular. If you see, so... if you spend any time around Christmas with your mom, you're going to have to watch a Hallmark movie. Yeah. Okay. Like I mean, if you see your mom at all during the holidays, that's just what happens. If you see your mother-in-law at all during the holidays, that's just what happens, you know? I, I mean, they, they seem maybe a tad formulaic. It's probably going to have something to do with someone coming to a small town and a love story and the spirit of Christmas. So, <laughs> <laughs> Wow. Are you writing for Hallmark now, D-Man? Because that's what it yeah. sounds like. So I don't know, you know, I, I don't usually check those out, but I am curious if any of our listeners do. And to that end, do you have any recommendations for the Hallmark lineup? Because I know it's it's like extensive. They literally spend like a ton of money making just Christmas stuff. I'll watch <laughs> any Hallmark movie that has Lacey Chabert in it, just because I love Mean Girls. So Queen of know. Christmas. Yeah, it's gonna. My Speaking of Mean Girls, continue. I think there is another Christmas movie coming out called Falling for Christmas, which sounds a little Hallmarky. But I think it's got Lindsay Lohan. Oh, I think I saw that too. Maybe it's on Hulu or Netflix. I think it's Netflix. Yeah. Did you have a crush on Lindsay Lohan too? Uh, I can either confirm (laughs) or deny that. Oh, okay. Just Lacey Chabert for sure though. Okay. And then finally, uh, I don't know if you're going to check it out because you're, I don't know how you're not a fan, but uh, there's a Guardians of the Galaxy holiday special. Oh my gosh. I don't know why they would do this to us. 
So if you saw the trailer for that, it actually looks pretty funny as uh, some of the Guardians to cheer up Peter Quill are going to go steal Kevin Bacon and give him as a gift. <laughs> and Kevin you... Bacon's in. He's playing Kevin Bacon. It's pretty awesome. I mean, if there's one thing. Kevin Bacon. I, I think he, he's pretty good. At it. That's what I'm hearing. Well, actually, I mean, I saw it, so I know. But I don't want to spoil it for everybody. And I, I honestly, if I'm giving you my my two cents, uh, to our listeners, I totally recommend checking it out. To Christian, I think you will hate it. Oh, I guarantee you I'll hate it. But <laughs> if I wanted to watch a Kevin Bacon movie, I'd just go watch the original Tremors. I mean, that movie is amazing. Tremors actually is awesome. We should do a total rewrite on Tremors. We should, but we should not do movie remake time because I don't like any of the sequels. They're awful. Yeah, I mean, I do like that guy, Bert, and that he made a career out of like a side character. I think oh, that's just amazing. being in Trevor's movie. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like that guy, that guy totally made an entire career out of like one side character, but <laughs> he was a pretty cool character. Well, that does it for the uh, Christmas movies. And if I missed any, you know, listeners, let us know because I am curious what else is coming out. I'm always down to check out movies, especially on streaming. So uh, let us know. Is there anything that we missed and that you're looking forward to? And maybe we'll uh, add it to the list and let you guys know our thoughts. And then finally, before uh, we actually end the episode this week, I need to ask you a very serious question. I'm, I'm a very serious person, so hit me with it. Well, the holidays are here. We're both excited because we are going to watch this movie. Now, the real question, and this is a perennial Christmas question. It comes up every year. We may have even talked about it before on the podcast, but I got to get your official answer for everybody listening. Is Die Hard a Christmas movie? Yes. And equivocally, yes. Now, what makes you... Okay, okay. <laughs> are, we really gonna... are we really going to play this game, D-Man? <clears throat> Yeah, I want to know, what is it that, because I think there's, you know, the reason the question gets asked is because people are like, no, it's just an action movie that takes place at Christmas, but it's not really a Christmas movie. That's where I need, I need the CP defense. I mean, what, what right. makes this Christmas? Well, I got about 30 reasons. Okay. So let's start with reason number one. You see this right here? Oh, he's, hello. He's, he's holding up the uh, DVD case cover. For Die Hard. So check this out. According to Fox, when they wrote the summary of the film, it says, John McCain, who's in Los Angeles to spend the holidays with his estranged wife, Holly. Okay. First of all, I would say sounds, that's a Christmas. That sounds like a Christmas movie to me. It sounds like a holiday movie. Oh, look at this. Oh, Die Hard 2. Now, I know we're talking about Die Hard 1, but let's let's look at what it says about Die Hard 2, right? What is it about John McCain and the holidays? <laughs> Here it is. Christmas Eve. So, yes, this is the sequel, but um, Fox is is essentially taking the position. These diehard movies, at least one and two, are, in fact, Christmas movies set okay. around the holidays. So let's start there. They are set. They take place. Well, the first one we're talking about, the first one takes place on Christmas Eve. OK. Calendar wise makes it a Christmas movie. At a company Christmas party. They what makes I OK, let's take a step back. What makes a Christmas movie? <laughs> one. I think it needs to include the day Christmas Eve or Christmas Day. This meets okay. that requirement. Two, it needs to include Christmas festivities, okay. such as going to a holiday party, going to church, a family dinner, right? Element decorating a Christmas tree, elements of the holiday. Two, it checks that box because, in fact, they are going to a Christmas party. A Christmas party, which has people drinking eggnog, dancing around Christmas trees, getting drunk. Pulling like, around in the back room. Yeah, doing all the things that people <laughs> do at Christmas parties anyway. Three, 
they play Christmas music. And it's not just they one do. song. They play Christmas and Hollis. They play, uh, what is it? Oh, to joy or whatever joy to yeah, the world yeah, yeah. when when they blow up in the safe. Now, there's a few of them. People wear Santa hats. Rocking around the Christmas trees going at one point at the yeah. party. Yeah. He carries the bear as a Christmas present. He is bringing a Christmas present. And doesn't the actual theme music uh, for the movie Die Hard include sleigh bells? Yes. Okay. See, this is so... What about this movie is not Christmas? And at the well, end... There is a symbolic snowfall when all the, you know, burned up bear bonds and <laughs> the top of Nakatomi Plaza rains down in ash over everybody at the end as they're getting into the into the carts to drive away. He does say ho, ho, ho. True. Oh, I think there's a security guard watching a football game on uh, Christmas I think Eve. it was. It's Notre actually Notre Dame. USC. Yeah, it's yep. Notre Dame USC. That's the game I was just at. Yep. <clears throat> Which that's amazing. Although, would they ever meet in a bowl game? Because that would be a bowl game. Well, maybe once upon a time <laughs> when they were good and Lou Holtz coached them. Now, the other yeah. thing is this, and, and I kind of mentioned this at the beginning. The premise of Die Hard is he's traveling to be with his family on Christmas and reconcile differences. Now, essentially, that one sentence right there is the premise of every single Hallmark movie, Hallmark Christmas movie that you will ever see. <laughs> okay. So, yes, I think it is definitely a Christmas movie. All right. Well, that's pretty definitive from CP. So to that end, I will throw that up to the listeners. I am curious, what do you guys think? Because, you know, a lot of people reject that as a holiday movie. I, now, I, feel, I feel like people reject it as a holiday movie because they want to watch it year round. Now, I feel like <laughs> it, the really interesting. So I think Die Hard is definitely a Christmas movie. I think when you compare it to something like Lethal Weapon, or Kiss Kiss Bang Bang, both Shane Black written movies, I would say those are movies that take place at Christmas time, but are not, in fact, Christmas movies. What would you consider Iron Man 3? I would consider it taking place at Christmas time. But it's not a Christmas movie. Well, the, the movie starts out playing like the Eiffel 65 song, not a Christmas movie. <laughs> Honestly, I could have never pulled that, like, just mind recall. <laughs> I never would have known that. But okay. Yeah, now that you say that, I do remember how it starts. So, okay, there we go. That's, you know, I'm curious what everybody has to say. Um, you know, I think it's safe to say that the Guardians holiday special is a holiday movie, unlike Iron Man 3. But Die Hard is a Christmas movie. CP has definitively answered that question. So Fight me on it. Yeah. If you want to fight, let us know and be sure to leave us a comment. So whoa, whoa, CP whoa, 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 whoa. Hold up, D-Man. Yes. Not really given your opinion. I do think it's a Christmas movie. I tend to watch it every year around Christmas. Um, I think, you know, the movie itself is good enough that you don't need the Christmas spirit to truly enjoy Die Hard. Like, I could put it on in July. No, uh, but you also put on the Santa Claus at Home Alone in July, so you're not a good example. Home Alone, like, gives me that feeling of Christmas in July when I'm, like, sad and depressed. <laughs> okay. So... Die Hard, though, I mean, it's just so good. You know, you could probably put it on any time of year. I mean, it is arguably one of the best action movies ever made. Mm, probably the best. Yeah. So, you know, that should be worthy of all year round play. But yeah, I do. I do <clears throat> agree. I think it is a Christmas movie. So actually, you know what? I disagree. Just shut up. You're not just. <laughs> no, no, no. I'll, I'll leave it up. I'll leave it up to the listeners. But I, I could see both sides. 
CP, that actually does it for our episode this week. What are your? Are you seem angry at me now? No, I just <laughs> I don't know how you you seem so reluctant to take a stance where you're like, no, 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 no. I'm like, okay, it's Christmas movie. Just own it and uh, get some hate mail. Listen, I've been getting hate mail every single week we've been doing this podcast, and uh, it's invigorating. I mean, you didn't get a happy Thanksgiving. <laughs> I take that as hate mail, man. Okay. It came, it came with my name, so it's hate mail. So, all right. Well, <clears throat> to everybody listening, be sure to leave us a comment. Let us know your thoughts. You can follow the show at filmmakerscompass.com where we have all of our social media links as well as uh, links to all the episodes of the show. So be sure to check it out. If you didn't get a chance to hear uh, CP hold his own hosting the show by himself last week, be sure to go put that on and tune in. And we want to get your <laughs> feedback on, on his ability to uh, solo a podcast. I thought it was pretty good, though. Thank you. You are the pro, and, so I uh, <laughs> bow to your wisdom. You can follow me at Big Kid D-Man, and you can follow CP. You can follow me at NDCal5. Thank you for checking out this week's episode of the Filmmakers Compass Podcast. Keep watching movies, and we will see you back here next week.